Hey guys, this is Sean Fennessy, the editor-in-chief of The Ringer, and I want to tell you about a podcast I host called The Big Picture. Each week, I welcome a different filmmaker to talk about their latest movie and how it was made. I've talked to the directors of some of my favorite movies, including Jordan Peele, Greta Gerwig, Ryan Johnson, Barry Jenkins, and dozens more. You can find new episodes on the Channel 33 feed every Friday by going to theringer.com backslash podcasts or by subscribing to Channel 33 wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you'll check it out. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Kevin Clark, joined in studio in Los Angeles, California by Robert Mays. Robert, how was Coachella? It was fun, man. I had a great time. It was very enjoyable. Good crew, good bands. Who was the best band? I mean, I saw Beyonce, so that was just an otherworldly transport of experience. I would say that was number one. I've seen Beyonce a couple times, but only at NFL First events. First time. Only at NFL events. First time. It was an entirely That's different concert true. experience. You saw her at the Super Bowl. Eh, that doesn't really count, though. And That's not a Beyonce, Beyonce show. No, but you saw Beyonce. Yeah, I guess so. But I wouldn't count that as like a were Beyonce you there, concert. Were you there in the room when she sang the national anthem um, a couple years ago at that just small media event at the Super Bowl? I don't think like so. the Thursday before the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. I was there. It was very... Where was that? It was life-changing. It was uh, It was in... New Orleans, and the the she got criticized because she I was not at the she New Orleans was, Super Bowl. She was accused of lip syncing at the inauguration. Yes, the I remember national that. anthem. So yep. she came in, and there were probably you know, a couple like a hundred, hundred fifty, whatever it was, people in the convention center, and she just came in and said, "Everybody stand up," and then she sang naturally the national anthem. It yeah, was all, awesome. it was a moment wasted on me and 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 my ilk. Yeah, you didn't care. I didn't care. I just I along felt with very every other writer there probably I felt did not very, care. Very very patriotic. Okay, we're gonna get into some really interesting things because it is draft week, Robert. I know. We're gonna get into who the best player in the draft is. We're going to get into who this year's for me. Saints are going to be. Now, we'll, we'll explain that when we get there in another round of draft crushes. But let's start out with kind of an intriguing question because this is a very fascinating draft in this sense. There could be five or six first-round quarterbacks. Not only that, like five guys in the top like seven picks. Right, and when that happens, weird things shake out after. There's yes. a reason Luke Keekley wasn't a top five pick. There's a reason. What year Jay, was that? 2012? Yeah, before that. It was 20. Yeah, it was 2012. It was, it was a top. He was That's a weird he draft. He was ninth because it went Luck, Griffin, Tannehill. Three quarterbacks. Although, I, I got to tell you, the whole middle of that top 10 was a disaster zone. Richardson, yeah. Matt Khalil, Blackman, Claiborne, Barron's okay, but not not the seventh pick. That's in the draft. why I said it was a weird draft. Tannehill and then Keekley. Anyway, we remember that draft for the quarterbacks, and then the year before was a monster draft. Sure, but the point of it is that when there's a lot of quarterbacks, weird things tend to happen. Yes. Look at 2011. You have Cam, Gabbert. You have Cam Newton, Gabbert, Jake Locker. Locker, all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, I mean, there's JJ Watt was not the 11th best player in that draft. Essentially, in that draft, if you didn't pick a quarterback, you got an absolute superstar. Like, that was the rule. That is true. Yes. Yeah, Ponder was after Watt, Fairley, then Quinn, Pouncey, Ryan Kerrigan. Cameron yeah, Jordan, exactly. 24th. Yeah, if you didn't pick a quarterback, Cam you got a superstar. Cam Hayward, 31st. Absolute superstar, Andy Dalton, 35th. Um, of course. So, I guess we want to talk about where that brings us in 2018. Because, again, six potential first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Five of them could go in the top half. So, 
we're going to find out, you know, Joey Bosa is a good example, the guy who was at three because the quarterback yeah. sh- shook out the way they did at one and two. And then Elliot after that, obviously. Elliot, Jalen Ramsey. Yep. So I guess the question is, Robert, leaving aside the quarterback question, who's the best player in the draft? It's Barkley to me. Mm. I just think he's so talented. And I understand the running back value question. Mm-hmm. But I also think in a way, we've kind of come back too far. The pendulum has swung and it might be like two inches further than it should in terms of where we should think about running backs. Because I would not draft Leonard Fournette in the top five, but I would draft Saquon Barkley in the top five because it's about pass catching value to me. If you can be a weapon in that area of the game and you can dominate in that area of the game, then I think that it pumps you up. So you would take... Barkley, if you had the first overall pick and you had a quarterback? That's a really good question. I Maybe? If you were the Niners, for instance. You know, I mean, I'm you know, leaving aside McKinnon or whatever, but I'm just saying if you were a team like that where you, you were set at quarterback and you happened to back into the first overall pick, would you take Barkley? If I needed a running back, yes. Okay. I would do it. Okay. Okay. Because I think what's interesting about this draft is there are two players who might be the most talented players in the draft, one of them being Barkley, the other being Quentin Nelson, who are at positions that are not particularly valuable. What do we relative... mean when we say the best player in the draft, I guess? That relates That's, to those guys. Yeah. Is it the biggest gap between them and every else, the most everyone talented, else in the position? Who is going to have the best career relative to their, their position? Because that's what it is. That's how you judge it might the be best Nelson player. Yeah, Nelson, Barkley. But what I'm saying is that there are Guys, so if you were to say who are the most talented players in the draft, yeah, you'd probably go there. I think yeah. if if I had the first overall pick and I was set at quarterback, I wouldn't take those guys. That's just a first overall pick draft value thing. Yes, that's a value position. Right. And so for me, if if you're saying who are the best guys in the draft, I would I would say them, but I again would not use a top five pick on either of them. I would go probably Derwin James. If I had, if I was the Giants and I had talked, if, if I had that's talked. That's a positional value thing too, though. I, but that's what I'm talking. Yeah. What, as far as safety goes, as far as defensive yeah. back goes, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying you look at the Jaguars last year. You look at any of these teams having a game changer in the defensive secondary, even though Derwin James can't be Jalen Ramsey because you cannot put him at cornerback and have him be a shutdown cornerback. Having a game changer. I bet somebody's going to try. I mean, they can try. I mean, maybe they can. He's such a great athlete. That's what I'm saying. I bet someone tries. I'm just saying he's such a great athlete. You can do whatever you want with him. And that's the most important thing. I think that just the the obviously defensive back play is as important as anything in the NFL aside from quarterback. I, I, if, if I was set at quarterback, I would definitely, obviously I would try to trade out, but if you made me pick a guy, I would pick Derwin James. I love this. This is I'm not even sure what to do with this. Lance Dillon compares him to Eric Berry, which obviously if you can get Eric Berry in the top five of the draft, you're going to take Eric Berry yes. in the top five of the draft. Number one strength on NFL.com for Derwin James. Absolute alpha in the locker room. I love that. That's a I, that, Lance likes that stuff, just like how he plays I, through his I, teammates. I just think it's funny. Yeah, I, I like that though. Like if the fact that that is the most notable thing about him is pretty cool. This is great stuff. Okay, so here, here's, the, here's the scouting report. Absolute alpha in the locker number one. Comes up to handle film sessions on weekends, number two. When he talks, players listen is number three. So we've gotten That's through great. three, 
And the fourth one even is he hits all the weight, speed, speed, and height marks. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You haven't even mentioned we the have, fact so that he's now a physical we're marvel. Four. We're at four, excuse me, five on the list of strengths, and we finally get to extremely versatile weapon. Oh, by so it's all these things. Oh, by the way, he's really good at football. I'm not. I, I don't want to read that too much into matters, these scouting reports. I just think it's very funny the way it's presented. It, I I've read that many times, and I agree that it's an interesting way to present a player. But in that locker room for that program. That stuff really does speak volumes because they have oh, yeah. so many high-level recruits and just prospects, period. If you can be the man in that locker room, that says something. You know, I went to University of Miami, and I, I'm obviously not going to compare these these two people, but, you know, you think about all the talent on the 2001-2000 era Miami Hurricanes, the teams mm-hmm. that went to the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, those sort of teams— who was the absolute alpha dog? It was Ed Reed. Yeah, I know. And when you that can, speech when, will forever resonate with me. But when you become that's what I give you that speech before we start this pot every single time. Yeah, and, I put my heart in the dog. And you know, if you can become the alpha when it's a lot of alphas, that's 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 pretty important. Again, I, I don't want to put too much weight on that because the most important thing about Derwin James is that he can do a hell of a lot of things in the defensive backfield. Is Bradley That's Chubb in good. this conversation? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think Bradley Chubb, I've had this discussion with you and a couple of other people in the last couple of weeks. Bradley Chubb is hurt by the fact that Miles Garrett was such a physical freak yes. last year. And I just compare him to Miles Garrett and I said, well, he can't be the best player in the draft because Miles Garrett was once the best player in the draft. Um, even though it's it's unfair. I mean, if the if the Browns end up going Darnold one. Bradley Chubb too with the fourth pick. That's Oof. that's a pretty good haul there. If they go, I mean, I I don't know what they want to do with the fourth pick. They have a lot of options. They could take a second quarterback, but I think that's a, that's a pretty good building block. If you want to put Garrett on one side and Chubb on the other, look out. Yeah, and they have a couple guys for depth too. Agba is like a solid player. That pass defense gets really interesting really fast if they do that. Yeah, good thing Greg Williams is there to shake it all out. Good lord. The worst possible defensive coordinator. Like, the worst. I can think of some worse ones. He's my least favorite. He's your least favorite? Yeah. Like, in the league. Do you find it odd that he had an insane bounty scandal and he is back in the league even though he's not very good? No. Because that's how the NFL works. No, I just mean, like, a lot of times if a guy's not good, they're just like, "Eh, we're just going to let that guy ride off in a... You'd not think so, but it just seems like, like... Why would you stick your neck out The inertia of NFL careers is very strong. That is what I would say. It's just... It's a weird career from Greg Williams. Has he ever been, like, a top half of the league defensive coordinator? Wait, do you remember he got a huge payout because he wasn't named Redskins coach? Are you familiar with this? He was like... If, it, like what a weird era. He was, like, secretly coaching waiting for Joe Gibbs. Oh, my God. Like... Round two, Joe Gibbs? Yeah. He interviewed four times with Daniel Snyder for that job. Why the fourth one? What can you possibly say? What was going on in the fourth one? He was yeah. explaining the bounty scheme to Daniel Snyder. I don't know. He was also uh, 17 and 31 with the Bills. Like he's I the- just want to be clear on one thing. We have limited studio time. Yes. And so we're kind of under the gun. But you and I really feel passionate about Greg Williams. And so we're going to spend some time on this. Yes. Yes. Okay. It, it, it says a lot about the league. It, it it says more than just Quentin Nelson talk. Yes, okay. 100%. Okay, so let's move on. I'm ready. So New Orleans Saints, this time last year, stuck in neutral. We're talking about whether or not Sean Payton is going to go somewhere else. Drew Brees, yes. what's his future? Ushering in a new era, I would say. And then they have a draft for the ages. In how long was it the best one? Like 10 years? 
I don't know. I mean, it's the Seahawks had some pretty damn good drafts. That's true. The 2010 Seahawks draft is The most absurd. surprising thing was that apparently Jeff Ireland was responsible for the Saints draft. Yes. And then they got a contract Even though extension. it was like a once-in-a-lifetime thing, the fact that Jeff Ireland was the guy behind it made it once in 10 lifetimes. So they get Lattimore in the first round. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara. I mean, we can stay in the first round. They also got Ryan Ramchak in the Ryan first Ramchak. round. They got Ryan Ramchak. I was waiting for you. You wanted to say yes. that was your that was yeah, your, that's my, your, yeah, that's your, my corner for yes, sure. Yeah, yes. I'm going to go with the, the the actual speedy athletes, yeah. and you can go with the uh, the well, O-line he was then. very important because when they lost Armstead. Streif, well, they, no, Streif. Uh, oh, Armstead was hurt as well at the beginning of the at year. At the beginning, yeah. So he was able to play left tackle when Armstead was hurt, and then when Streif went down week five, week six, mm-hmm. he played the whole year. Mm-hmm. It was huge for them. I mean, it's it changed everything about the franchise. It got them to the brink of, I would say, if they'd beaten the Vikings. I they mean, that, absolutely yeah, could have gone to the Super Bowl. They absolutely could have yes. gone to the Super Bowl. They're a contender this year, without a doubt. Yes. And so that got us thinking, who is this year's Saints? Who is the team? And I, I don't want to say that's a team that's going to hit on a draft pick and then they're off the races. It's just who is a good draft class away. And I think that the obvious candidates, anyone with a good quarterback and a decent coach and, and a couple of holes on, on one side of the ball, who, who are your candidates? My number one is pretty obvious and it's uh, the chargers. Yep, I knew you were going to say that. So well, I, didn't I mean, that. I know that's like my brand more or less, but I just think that the Chargers are your brand. Backing the Chargers when I yeah. have no reason to is definitely my brand. So I would say the Chargers for this reason. You know who doesn't back the Chargers? Chargers the, the fans city that are non existent. Yeah, exactly. The city of Los Angeles. Yeah. I don't even think the people on the Chargers like the Chargers as much as I do. So do you think the I, Chargers know that they play in Los Angeles? No, they have absolutely no idea. So the offense in my mind is more or less set up. Uh huh. So the line has always been the thing that's held them back. Injuries, whatever. Getting forced lamp back, Pouncey, Feeney, Barksdale, Okung is left tackle. That's a group. Like That's a real NFL offensive line. The rest of the skill position guys, good to go. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, healthy now, Melvin probably. Gordon. Melvin Gordon is there. I like Eckler. I mean, they have a really decent group of both pass catchers and running backs. All set at tight end. Good to go. Defense is the spot where there are a couple holes. But it's not as if they're the 25th ranked defense and they have to build something up. They're a top 10 defense and they have like three guys that they need. So safety, linebacker, interior, defensive line. I kind of like NFL.com setup where they have just four different mock drafts from really smart yes. people and you just kind of look at the wisdom It's an of important the page. There are two people. One is Daniel Jeremiah. One is Charlie Casserly who have in a stunning fall the Chargers drafting Derwin James at 17. Yeah, that would be incredible. I would move. I live in Los Angeles. I would move to That's Carson. almost not even fair. Like, they might I become my move, actual favorite team or something like to that. Carson, happens. California. That's exactly the type of guy they need. I don't think it's going to happen. It'd be my guess. How does he fall that far? I don't, I don't think he does. That makes no sense to me. If it does, that's I mean, literally. So that's Bucky, what happened with Bucky, Lattimore, Bucky, right? Bucky, Bucky, Bucky Brooks and Charles Davis have him going seven which is more like it. Yeah, that's a pretty big gap. But literally, that's what happened with Lattimore. Like, people thought he could go three to the Bears, and he's there at 11, and the Saints can get a guy that they never thought would be there at 11. Right. So that, I think, is far and away number one. There are a couple of intriguing options here. Number one, because of the injury, we're not going to play with the Packers here, right? Because they were not... They, I mean, they had the 14th pick. They were 9-7 and seven last year. We're not, we're not counting them as a team that could 
could be, go from non playoffs yeah, because they have too many holes no. oh. for like that Ooh. to be the case. Whoa, the I Packers are not a good have, roster. I understand that, but I mean, they when you have Aaron Rodgers, he is the of course he is a problem solver. But it's like it's not as if Green Bay has three or four spots where you're like they need an upgrade here, and they'll be a complete team. Okay, there that's not true for them. To, okay. in my mind. Okay, um, how do we feel about the the Detroit Lions? What are the spots? So I think the defense was was quite bad last year. Yeah, it's been that way for a little bit. Yeah. I think that there's a, you know intriguing guys. Uh, one of the one, Charles Davis has Taven Bryan going. I mean, if you have a great, if you added, I'm a great surprised you have not there, talked about him more. He's my draft. Have you looked at the document? He's my draft crush. That makes sense. I haven't gotten down that far yet. It's there, buddy. Yeah, that uh, um, it, the I, fact I, that I it took th- this long is the biggest upset of, saving, of draft season. I was saving the best okay. for last. Okay. Um, I think I just think again when you look at the profile of what the Saints were. You have the quarterback. I, I the, the biggest question mark there is: Is Matt Patricia a good coach? And that's nothing against Matt yeah, Patricia. We literally don't know. We just have no evidence yeah. either way. Um, I mean, What's your like gut feeling about that? So there's a couple of different ways you can be a good coach. One is to be an absolute visionary and say, "This is what I want my, you know, I want to do nothing but tall cornerbacks five years ago, or sure. I want nothing but athletic defensive linemen. I don't care about size. That that kind of thing. You know, have a vision. That's the easiest way. Be able to out scheme them. Yeah. So like the that's the McVay yeah, kind of model of things. Yeah. yeah, be able to outscheme them, have a vision. Um, I think the other way is just to be a really good motivator, or just be really organized. Like organization is like there are so many, not so many. I don't want to overstate it. There are a lot of teams who just don't install their whole playbook in training camp because the coach just doesn't understand timing or organization. Just so there's a, like a, a number of routes to be a good coach. I don't know which one he's going to take because I literally don't, I've never seen him as a head coach. So it's, it's way too early to judge. Being able to like get a hundred people moving in the same direction yep. is the most underrated part of being an NFL yep. head coach. Like it's, it's a corporate job in a way that people don't really understand. It's insanely corporate. And people, okay. we've now overrated the, the, he's a CEO thing. Agreed. It, 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 but, they are CEOs. Yeah. That's what they are. They, they're in charge of many different people. And not only that, the, the biggest thing, one of the biggest things in coaching no one understands, you know, Bill Parcells, you say that, he said, never get a bunch of losers because they get in little groups and they complain about being mm. losers, right? And the biggest thing is like, there are, there can be three people in your locker room who you're not even paying attention to who can just be so negative they're going to start a rebellion. Yeah. And you, those are the things you don't even think about that you're going to have to be on top of. That Patricia yeah. didn't have to worry about. Belichick would just cut them and just say, "I'm yeah, that's I'm, true. I'm yeah, tired that's of how this he guy. deals with all problems." And now Matt Patricia, you know, we have not seen him face one problem in that regard. So you, it's it's you cannot make a judgment until you see what they do. And here's the thing: if you're the schematic coach, if you're the guy who has a vision in terms of Belichick, by the way, is all of these yeah, things exactly. Yes, he wears every hat. But if you're that guy, it's important to understand delegation for the organizational aspects and that's exactly what McVay did he's yeah. like I'm gonna be the genius you guys do the bullshit I don't want to do all right coming up we'll break down the linebackers and play another round of would you rather plus another edition of draft coverage but before that let's take a quick break this is JJ Reddick here to talk to you about the JJ Reddick podcast part of the ringer podcast network Currently, I play in the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers, but you may know me from my previous teams, the LA Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Orlando Magic, or from my college days at Duke University. Being a professional basketball player, I have a great opportunity to talk to a lot of interesting people, and the podcast is a place where I can share those conversations with you, the listener. On my show, I sit down with athletes, celebrities, and a variety of other special guests. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the JJ 
Diabetic Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Okay, we've been doing Would You Rather the last couple weeks. We did tight ends. We did quarterbacks. By the way, I've changed my opinion on the quarterbacks over the weekend. I also have like a couple tweaks to my points. I don't want to get into them right now. I'm higher on Baker Mayfield, still high on Darnold, less high on Rosen's play. I'll say one thing. So I said if I was an NFL GM, I would pick Rosen. Yeah. Like to keep my job. Yeah. I'm changing that to Darnold. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Weird. The safe choice, in my opinion. The highest floor. We did completely different things last week, and we both came to that conclusion independently. Yeah, maybe we just... The revelation came somehow. Okay. So we're going to do linebackers. Yes. Now... In my opinion, compared to previous drafts, mm -hmm. the most stacked the position has been in at least five years. So do you want to do all of them in the first round or do you just want to do So who the are your first two? round guys? That's what I would say. So Roquan Smith. Yes. Outside linebacker out of Georgia. Then you have Tremaine Edmonds, inside linebacker from Virginia Tech. Yes. Two fairly different players, but both of them extremely versatile. Yes. Edmonds, 20 pounds heavier, obviously. He's so big. He's huge. It, he's, it is a weird long. class in terms of the size of guys mm -hmm. just because for the most part at the position... It's gotten so much smaller. And the fact that Edmonds and Leighton Vander Esch are 255-pound yeah. dudes yeah. is a weird outlier. So Leighton Vander Esch will be the third. And is there anyone else that I'm missing here? Inside, like, move linebackers, I would say oh, those are the three that... So, uh, yeah, Rashawn Evans is getting some buzz. He's an outside yeah, linebacker. Yeah, he's a different sort of player. Though. Oh, no, no, I understand that. Yeah. I'm just saying he's he's a linebacker who's in the mix. I think if we're comparing the same position, it's move linebackers that are primarily not pass rushers. And in my mind, that's Edmonds, Roquan Smith, and Van Drash. Right, so there's some buzz that Smith could go to the Colts now. At six? So I wrote about this two weeks ago. I think that right now, the best way to like just squeeze a tiny bit of value, it, it depends on where the guy goes. Like if he goes 11, it's not some sort of like diamond in the rough draft steal, mm -mm. but he should probably go higher than that. I just think guys that are a little bit undersized are a great way to like mine an inefficiency right now in the draft. And he's that exact guy. So the fact that he may go six is not surprising to no. me as I think about that Agree. I mean, that's why last week I picked a linebacker, Fred Warner, who's like 223 pounds or whatever. It and the guy from South Carolina is the same way. I can't mm -hmm. remember his name. It's just the fact that these dudes can play in space and cover, I think is the number one skill that people are overrating. Not all the way, but a little bit. Okay. Underrating, excuse okay. me. Overlooking. Okay. So you're on the board. You're on the clock. You need a linebacker. Who are you taking? Smith. Mm. What, why? I just think he's so in tune with the game. Like okay. his instincts are so easy. It, the the decision-making from him is very seamless. He's always in the right spot. And the way he can stick with running backs mm -hmm. matters to me. Like it's very easy to fall in love with the traits for Edmund and Van Der Esch. I like both of them for Edmonds and Van Der Esch. I think that a team isn't wrong to really like those guys. Mm -hmm. But I also think that in a way, Edmonds is going to get overrated because of his pass rush ability. And I think Van Der Esch is a little bit the same way. When these guys see 6'4", 255, they think, eh, I can use him. He can come off the edge every once in a while. I don't care about that. I care about a guy who is going to be able to play in the middle of the field and just negate mismatches. And that's exactly what Smith does. 
That, I, I think they're 1A and 1B, quite frankly. Um, I would To be clear, Edmonds is also a really good coverage also, guy. Also, and, and I just, just to be clear on being clear, it all depends on your system and, and you know, it's so, so much, and, and, sure. and, and so much of this, and this is something we're not privy to, right? So if you're a GM, you ask your off- offensive or defensive coordinator to come up with a plan for every single player that you're going to draft. If you're going to have a tight yeah. end, if you're going to say we're going to take a tight end first overall and he's athletic. What are we going to do with him? What are we going to do with him? Yeah. And if your offensive coordinator comes back and he doesn't have any ideas, well, you can't fire your offensive coordinator in April as much as you, I, I would fire that would be amazing, everybody though. all the time. Just post-draft? Yeah. Seems like, yeah, he's like saying, this, got it. This was terrible. And as much as I think, yes, you should fire coaches if they can't come up with the plan, there are some times, I mean, there are some times that it, the coaching staff just has no idea how to use a player. So My team traded Greg Olson for nothing. Because they were like, ah, he doesn't right. work. Right. I mean, trust me, I, I know that life very right. well. And so I, what I'm saying is, is that for... For especially athletic linebackers, if your defense coordinator can't do anything with them, you might want to go somewhere else. So I think that's that's always yeah, I, a consideration when you're talking about this stuff. There are we're all it's all human. There are limitations within buildings, and that's something you need to think about when talking about linebackers is is how the team is going to use them in a vacuum. I like Edmonds. I like the size. I yeah. like I like his frame. He's long. He's huge. He's athletic. He's 256. Yeah. 20 pounds heavier. Um, he's fast. That is such a big linebacker these days. Like, seriously, they just don't make him like that anymore. I love him. I he, love him. He's also pretty adept. I Again, this is 100% when it comes to Smith. It's a feel thing. Yeah. I just love the feel he has for the game. I love both of them. I like Vander Esch. I mean, I just wrote like a big story about him. I spent a couple of days with him two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I love him. I mean, the guy is an absolute athletic revelation. Like he's six foot four and a half, 255 pounds. He was the heaviest linebacker at the combine. And he jumped 39 and a half inches. Vince Carter's vertical is 43 inches. Like that's insane. It just, they do not build human beings like that. And I also think that his feel is decent. Yeah. So a, a team cannot go wrong at that position if you need a guy in the top half of the first round, in my mind. Uh, yeah, totally agree. And by the way, there's there's pretty athletic linebackers that are going to be sprinkled throughout. Um, you know, there's guys in the back half of the draft. Oren Burks from Vanderbilt mm-hmm. is incredible broad. And, it's a very good class. It kind of yeah, reminds Bart, me of Bart, last right year's tight end class, where it's just a lot of super, like, uber-athletic dudes. Here's one thing I don't understand. Oren Burke's page, his projection is sixth round. His comp is Tahir Whitehead. If you get Tahir Whitehead, wouldn't you go earlier than sixth round? Yes. I mean, what is T- like Tahir Whitehead in your mind? Just comp- like competent NFL starter? That's how you view yeah. him? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you, you would, you would draft that ahead of the, the sixth the round. Ba- yes. The back of the second round. Um, let's do draft crushes. Sounds good. Start us off. Hernandez. The uh, the guy from yep. UTEP, the guard. Yep. I just think that he is a plug-and-play day one starter. So for a team that just needs a guy to really tie together their offensive line, that's who he is to me. It's hard to find those guys right now. Yep. We talk about this all the time. There just weren't that many NFL-ready offensive linemen coming into the league. Mm-hmm. He 100% is one of those guys. Yep, totally agree. And he's a good example of someone who you don't have to spend a top-five pick on like Nelson. Yeah. He'll go in like the like the Zach Martin range, right? Would be my guess. Yeah, and like you, that's fine. Like getting a high level starting guard at the seventeenth pick, you can live with that. Yep. That's fine. Yep. Okay, 
I want to talk about Denzel Ward, even though he's a member. I thought this okay. was I thought this was uh, sleepers, and then you and Danny just started taking top five picks. This is the first time we have mentioned Denzel Ward's name on the podcast, so it's okay to talk about. I him. want to talk about Denzel Ward's mock draftable page. It's a wonderful website, by the way. <clears throat> number one is John Ross, <laughs> who's a wide receiver. Number That's two, great. Oh, number two is Marshawn Lattimore. Not bad. Two no, for two. Number Let's three keep going. is Corey Coleman. I did not know he was that fast. What was his 40 time? Uh, his 40 time was 4.3. 4.37. And by the way, Corey Coleman, his sixth most uh, mock draftable comparison is Devin Hester. Which? DJ Moore is on here. Previous draft crush of myself. Uh, other guys who are uh, comp to Denzel Ward include Shaquille Griffin and PJ Williams, both of whom are... Um, that's a decent NFL group of guys. Starters. Like you'll take that if those are your comps. Yeah. So I think Lattimore being the number one cornerback comp is pretty important. Not bad. And he's a guy who played for a big program. He's being mocked in a lot of kind of CB one areas. People are talking about him maybe as the Colts pick. Colts have been rumored of just everybody. This is what happens when you don't need a quarterback and you're in the top ten. You or just get mocked they, to everybody. Not only do they not need a quarterback, they need every other position on but the field. But a quarterback. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't take Quentin Where Nelson. Where are the Colts set? I would not take Quentin Nelson if I were the Colts. I think you just need other I think you just need other areas. I see it because they need that sort of just like influx of physicality on their offensive line. They've never had it. I don't know what they'll do. They literally they need every position on the field. So What's up, I don't even know the answer to this. Is what what happened to Ryan Kelly? He's hurt. Yeah. He's never really gotten in a groove. I mean, he's been hurt so much. It's hard to be hurt early and then settle in. And yeah. I think he struggled because of that. We talked so much about how that was going to change Andrew Luck's fortunes, and Andrew Luck has just gotten worse since then, health-wise. That, health that position overall, I think, is it is that important. I and mean, like people saying that and kind of giving it that type of value and just overall impact mm-hmm. isn't wrong because I think having a high, not even a high level, a real player at that spot is a necessity for any like above average offense. Like think about last year with the Rams and John Sullivan. Like even John Sullivan really ties that all together. Mm-hmm. And that's what Ryan Kelly was supposed to do and it just hasn't happened. Poor Andrew Luck. I know. But I think addressing the defense would be the best way to go. They have a free safety and a couple rotational pass rushers. Henry Anderson's a good player. Hankins is good. Their interior is fine when healthy. But outside of that, they can literally pick anything. I like Denzel Ward. I'd go Denzel Ward there. Okay, who's your second draft crush? I really like Marcus Davenport. Yeah. I just think that in a class that doesn't have a lot of high-level pass rushing talent, if you can get a guy like that at the back half of the first round, you're going to take it. I like him. Texas San Antonio. He's explosive. He uses his hands well. Overall, I just think he's a guy that's going to get you seven to eight sacks a season. And in this class at that position, I'll take that every single time. Wait, Marcus Davenport then was recruited by one Larry Coker at Texas San Antonio. You could have given me like 10,000 guesses at who the Texas San Antonio Well, Larry Coker, he retired four years ago, but he recruited him. So he's just recruiting now? Like that's what Larry Coker does? No, 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 no. He's Oh, okay, okay. Coker's the hired, the big gun they bring in. Is Larry Coker like a very important person to you? No. Really? No, he's incompetent. 
It was not good. Who is like the Miami figurehead that you really well, have I mean, an affinity for? I mean, there's Jimmy Johnson. Well, that wasn't like your time. No, it wasn't in my time, but he he continued to be a force. Sure, but like in your time, who's oh, the guy? Um, Butch Davis, Ken Dorsey. Okay, that makes more sense. Butch Davis is a weird well, Butch, answer. Well, Butch Davis built those teams. Okay, that's and fair. they were all like two star. Ed Reed was a two star. His only other offer was from Tulane. Really? Yeah. So it's a it's so it I'll, I'll I actually ended up hurting the fan base because now when they would just go out and get some crappy player they'd be like well Ed Reed was a two star yeah that's not how recruiting works well that's Ed Reed yeah he's different yeah, exactly. he's an alpha yes. all the way that's that would be the first line <laughs> the, on, on Ed Reed's NFL <laughs> draft page it probably was who's your second okay. guy uh, we just talked to him about him five minutes ago Taven Bryan from from Florida now there's a couple of things that are important here about Bryan number one is that those sort of freak athletes at defensive tackle, it's not like edge rusher. It's not like safety. It's not as one-to-one. In what sense? That, I mean, his his closest, it's not it's not Denzel Ward being comped to Marshawn sure. Lattimore. Yeah. He, even though he's a freak of nature, his comps are Kendall Reyes, Derek Robinson, Marcus Kuhn, uh, Kedrick Golston, J.R. Sweezy, who was obviously flipped to offensive line. Sure, but none of this is a good Rodrique sign. Roderick Wright. Yeah, I'm just telling you, this isn't a particularly athletic defensive tackles. It's not the same one-to-one conversion. Or the same just projection, obviously. Right, if he's that athletic and those are the dudes that are in his ballpark, right. that's that's weird. It's not great. But he's 291 pounds. He can move. He's mocked to the Falcons a lot. That sounds right. At 26. And this isn't just this isn't an analytics pick because as I just as I just discussed, I, I just I, even though the the analytics don't necessarily support athletic ultra athletic defensive tackles being a one to one conversion like that, uh, he's he's a really good athlete. Um, he's flexible. He can make plays. His dad's a Navy SEAL. If you want some some yeah. he's some from tangible weird he's from spot right? Wyoming. Yeah. And he was up there. He's from Wyoming. He's six five two ninety. 32-inch arms. Is that long? So there are a couple things like at the combine and testing that I have no context for. Like, I don't know what a good three-cone drill time is. I don't know who has long arms. I don't know what a good broad jump told, is. So I I got... I, I have no idea what you're supposed to do. After our accident, assess. I had to start boxing to work out because mm-hmm. I couldn't run anymore. And I was told... I've been told over the last couple months I have very long arms. Something I just it. didn't know. You should see what your wingspan is. I had no idea until they were like, you have long arms. The boxing I, trainers told me that. I think I have very average sized limbs. I'm I'm long. I'm, I, I have a long frame. I'm one of these prospects who just, I'm rangy. So I'm rangy. I literally was writing about Leighton Van Der Esch this weekend. And you thought about how I was rangy? No, I was trying to think of other words for long. Because I used it so many times and rangy is where I landed. So I'm very glad that that was how, your mind and exactly where it went. Okay. Well, as much as I'd like to talk about our... Our combine and we need more rangy dudes here in the next couple years. We are done. We are just days away from the NFL draft. Are you Two excited? Days. Yeah. I really love the draft. Like, even before I did this, it was one of my favorite days of the year. I think it's a really good television event. Like, I like watching it. And I will be excited to do so again. We'll be watching from a bar with Maui Rubin for videos. Yes. We'll be filming it. Have we picked a that? bar yet? Uh, we haven't. I think we have, but I don't want to say it. I don't know if we have. Sure. I mean, I, yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to hang out with Mallory, which I don't get to do very often. Now, I don't live time. here. So. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Thanks, guys.